And we've dove in the last couple of weeks. The first week we talked about how you can fight in your marriage or you can fight for it. And how if we're going to have successful relationships, man, we got to make sure that we're fighting for our marriage rather than fighting in it. And last week we dove in and we talked about the guys and we talked about what biblical manhood looked like and, and how we could be a man in the relationship. And if you missed any of those weeks, I want to encourage you to go to our website under the media section, check those things out. And because uh, this week we're going to dive in and we're going to talk to the women here today and, uh, let me just tell you, I am so nervous about talking to the ladies today. I don't know why. Um, I, I had like all these jokes and stuff and I was like, man, I better not tell any of these because I will, no, no woman will ever come back to church. And so um, I, I, I just decided, you know what, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to speak to the women. I'm just going to be open. I'm going to be candid. And, and, and man, I really am nervous. And if you've been in church for a while or you're a church lady, um, kind of reminds me of the Saturday night skit, the church lady skit. Uh, um, if you're one of those people, you've probably never heard a pastor talk about some of the things that I'm going to talk about today. And so I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to be uh, blown away by that. I'm just warning you ahead of time. I'm apologizing ahead of time if I offend you because there is a good likelihood that I will. So, I'm sorry. Um, and, but I'm really excited because I believe that today, uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about are going to set some women free here today. I believe that for so long, part of the problem that women have had is that we have bought into this lie that you've been told by people, you've been told by the church that you're a victim. And, and in Christ, we are not victims, we are victors. And I believe that today, God is going to take you from a place of, of hurt and pain and shame. And he's going to take you to a place of victory where you can feel set free, where you can feel alive, where you can feel like you can go storm the gates of hell with a water gun because God is on your side and what he's doing in your life. And so I'm jacked up about that. I know that he's going to do something awesome today. Um, but just diving in here, talking to the ladies. I don't know, have you guys, have you ladies ever noticed that it's easier to feel good about yourself when you compare yourself to somebody else? Anybody ever, you notice that it's easier to feel good about yourself? I know that that's true for me because my wife and I, uh, about a month and a half ago, we were at Disney World and we were there with my little niece and nephew and we were going to a water park one day. Now, I'm not really a big fan of water parks just because I'm one of those guys, man, I don't really like to take my shirt off. I don't know, I'm a little self-conscious. You know, I don't have this perfect V figure that a guy has. I have like an hourglass figure with, with some love handles here, you know, the muffin top whole thing going on. And so, you know, I'm not really digging going to the water park, but my niece and nephew, they wanna go so bad and it's Disney World. And so of course, you know, to be a good uncle, you gotta go. And so I get there and, and you know, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty shameful about this. You know, I wanna keep the shirt on. They're like, hey, Hey, you want to you wanna take your shirt off? No, no, no. I always wear a three-piece suit to uh, go to the water parks. You know, I mean, this is comfortable. And uh, I get there and I start looking around and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't really look too bad. You know, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, don't, don't judge me. Cause you know, you do the same thing. You get there and you look around, and you're like, hmm, I'll, you rip your shirt. What's up? You know, you're just like jacked up. Because you look, when you look at other people, when you compare yourself to other people, you can always find somebody that's worse off than you, can't you? And whenever you find that person, you start to feel really, really good about yourself. And the same thing is true in marriage. A lot of times what we do is we're always looking at our spouse and seeing how bad they are so that we feel really good about ourselves. We're looking at them and seeing their deficiencies and where they fall short. And, and, and you, you look at those imperfections and you say, you know what, I'm so much better. And what happens is, is, is I know that this is true. A lot of women see the imperfections in their spouse and say to themselves, man, I'm so good. 
I'm so good. And they get kind of this, this righteous attitude. And here's the deal, ladies. I know guys are weird. Um, I know that we are messed up. I know this because I am a man. And, and I know you, you're saying, well, you don't understand. My man is really weird. Listen, all men are weird. We all can sit down and watch ESPN and watch the same ESPN run every hour for hours on a, uh, around. It's just normal. You know, my wife will come in and I'm watching like the 1984 Miami versus Boston College football game where Doug Flutie f- throws the Hail Mary pass. And even though I know what's going on, she'll be like, can we go? And I'll be like, no, 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 the play is coming up. She's like, you already know the play. It doesn't matter. I love it. Men are weird. We're just weird like that. Listen, I, I don't know why we're weird. Guys, can I get an amen? Are we weird or what? I mean, guys will go and pour deer pee on them and go sit out in the woods for hours. I've never seen any woman do that. It's just not normal. It's, we're weird. You know, same thing. I mean, a guy, they go and they fart in public and they get up and they laugh about it. They're like, did you just hear that? I just blew one out. I've never heard any lady go, hey, guys, did you hear that? You know, they're not excited about that. Or a guy, I mean, he'll go to the bathroom and he'll just drop the biggest dump ever. And he'll come out and say, hey, guys, guys, you got to come see this. And every man will get up and go in and look at it and smell it and go, oh, my gosh. I've never seen a woman at the mall come out of the bathroom and say, man, I just blew it up in there. You know, she's just not doing that. Just not happening. I mean, guys, we're weird. And, and, and ladies, if we're comparing ourselves and we're looking at the imperfections of our spouse, it's so easy to judge them. And it's so easy to feel good about ourselves. And, um, if we really want to change the focus in our relationships, we've got, to, we've got to start fighting in our marriage. We've got to stop looking at those imperfections because here's the deal. In my 13 years of ministry, and, and I've sat down and I've, uh, I've counseled a lot of couples, I've never once had a couple come down and sit down and the woman say to me, it's all my fault. The reason we're here, it's all my fault. It's always, man, if he would do this, if he would do that, if he said this, if he would do this, and it's always about the imperfections of her husband of why that they're there. And, and my, my whole thing is, is if we're gonna start fighting for our marriage, we've gotta stop taking the focus off of ourselves. We've gotta start going to Jesus and we've gotta start saying, Jesus, don't fix him. God, fix me, work in me, mold me, change me, do a work within me because I know when I get worked out, you're you're going to do something supernatural in them. And God, I believe today is, is, is going to speak to some of you ladies because I, I and, and man, I'm scared to death to say some of this stuff, but I think there's, there's some of you that think that you're godly because your perception of your husband is so bad. And you think, man, if he was more like me, he would be more spiritual. And I believe that God is going to rebuke you today. I believe that he's gonna call you out. He's gonna tell you that, man, the, the reason you feel that way is because you're not honoring and respecting your husband and God wants to do something in your heart today. And basically what he wants to do is he wants to work in you and through you and he wants to work that through his word. And um, he's gonna start with his word. And so today we're just gonna focus on a, a passage of scripture in 1 Peter chapter three. If you guys wanna turn in your Bibles there, look in your notes, you can take a look at the screen. We're, gonna just, we're just gonna do three things here. We're gonna focus on three words that the, uh, the uh, apostle Peter talks about here. And, uh, and, and we're gonna start off really easy. And the first word is submission. Submission. I knew that all the ladies would be excited about this word. This is like every woman's favorite word, you know, submission. Oh, yes, we're talking about submission today. Hallelujah, you know, praise the Lord. I didn't hear any of that, so I guess, I guess y'all aren't as excited about it as I am. But um, 
I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but there are just some things that you just can't stand in life. And there's, you know, there's TV shows that come on that you just can't stand. There's, there's songs that come on that you just can't stand. You know, like that Bobby McFadden song, don't worry, be happy. Like, I hate that song. It never makes me happy. Every time I hear it, it ticks me off. And, and there's certain words in life that just make me mad and they just disgust me, like the word moist. I don't know, there's something about that word that it just doesn't sound right, like a moist brownie. I don't want a moist brownie. I want a hard, rock hard brownie. I don't know, it's just weird to me, but there's a word that I think has got a bad, bad rap because it's been misused and misunderstood and this is this word submission. And I think that ladies, if you truly understood what submission is, it would be the most freeing word that you could figure out for your life and for your relationship. And uh, you know, it's, it's a tough thing. And, and this is the thing about submission is that, man, we have got to get this right in our life first. And we're gonna take a look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse one here. And, but before we do that, I, I love that how God always addresses the woman here first. And he does this all throughout scripture when he's talking to husbands and wives, he always addresses the woman first. You can look back in Genesis, he talks to the woman. You can look in Colossians, he talks to the woman first. You can look in Ephesians, he talks to the woman first. You can look in 1 Peter here, he talks to the woman first. And the reason he talks to the woman first is he knows that no woman can follow and can follow a man that isn't completely submitted to God. No man can lead that woman if she is not first completely submitted to God. It's a no-go. So check out what it says here in 1 Peter 3, 1. It says, wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over with your words by the nagging of their wives. You know, I mean, that's, that's what it says, right? By the nagging of their wives, because there's so many women that, that think, man, I'm just gonna nag him. I'm a, and eventually he's just gonna do what I want to do. And, and, that's, and that's not submission. That's not what he's talking about here. I've never met a guy that was like, I came to Jesus because my wife just beat the snot out of me with her words. And then finally I just gave in. You're like, he never truly came to Christ. He says that they may be won over by the behavior of their wives by how they act. And I just want to say the first area of submission that, that all of us have got to be submitted to is the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Listen, if we don't start there, if we don't start submitting our lives to Christ, and, and this is this whole thing that we recognize that this is me and there is God and there's this big divide and there is no way that I can get to God except through the cross of Christ and by his cross, I can be restored in a relationship and I can understand that relationship. And it's not just a, a prayer to get out of the hell. That is not a why I prayed it, but it's me saying, God, my life is yours. Everything that I am, all that I do is gonna be living for you. That is a submission to Jesus. And, and what Paul is saying here is he's saying, man, we have first got to be submitted there. We've got to make our lives all about Jesus. And he has got to be number one if we're ever going to move forward in our lives. If we're ever going to have this idea of a healthy biblical relationship, we've got to first submit our lives to Christ. And, and let me tell you this, single girls, you will never be submissive to a man until you're submitted to the man. And some of you guys need to hear that. Some of you guys need to know that because some of you guys right now are dating a guy that doesn't know Jesus. And let me just tell you something, that is not living a life that's submitted to God. He wants you submitted to him and that means following what he says. The second area of submission is submission to a husband. And, and, and I know I'm talking to ladies here, but I just need to talk to the guys real quick because men, um, it's our job as men to make it as simple as possible for our wives to submit to us. 
It's our job to do that because God has given us authority, but that is not the only thing that he's given us. He's also given us a responsibility. And so many times we think, man, God has given me this authority. I can do whatever I want. And so here I am and here she is. I'm gonna be on this throne and she's supposed to bring me hot dogs and cookies all day long while I do nothing and watch TV. And that's not what submission is. Submission is saying, you know what? Man and woman were created equal, but here's the thing. At some point, the buck has to stop somewhere. And God chose the God that at some point he's gonna be responsible for that relationship. So ladies, when you guys get to heaven and God is like, why did you make that decision, dude? You can be like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's right. I told him that. Get him, God. Send that lightning bolt on him. (laughs) Because it's our responsibility to lead our home as men. Now, ladies, um, a lot of, a lot of, for some reason, I don't know why this is, but a lot of ladies just feel like that uh, if, if you submit to your husband, it means that you're stupid. And um, that is just not the case at all. I, in fact, I would, I would throw it out there that probably in most relationships, the, the woman is a lot smarter than the man. And uh, you don't have to say amen or anything there, okay? Um, I know that in my home, my wife is a heck of a lot smarter than me. She made better grades than I did. She, she uh, has always had really high-powered jobs in most places that she's been in because she's very bright. She's very intelligent. She's very perceptive. She sees things that I don't ever see because I'm just like lollygagging around, having fun, just doing whatever it takes to get by, you know, and she is just a driver in life. And so, man, my wife is totally smart. And because of that, when I have to make major decisions in life, you know what I do? I ask my wife. I ask her, and you know what? Most of the time she says to me, she says, you know what? I'll do whatever you think because I know you're submitted to God. In fact, not too long ago, right before we were planning the church, there was a young lady that was uh, getting ready to start an internship at the church where we were at. And she was, we were at lunch with her and we, she was talking about her situation to us. And, and we were sitting there listening and she got up and she went to the bathroom. And I felt like God had placed a, a financial number that we were supposed to give to her for. And it was like five times the amount that I wanted to give, uh, you know, and I, I was like, man, this is just not good. And so I'm like, Shayla, Listen, I, I feel like God has given me a number to, to give ebbs. W- what do you think about this? And I was hoping that maybe I just had some gas that day or something and that, uh, you know, she was gonna tell me something much smaller because I just wasn't comfortable with that. And she's like, TJ, I trust you. If, if, she, if you said, if God says to give her that, give her that. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, when we start doing that, when we make decisions discussing it with our wives, it changes everything. It realizes that, man, we are an equal part in this and, and that she is not stupid, but she has a lot of knowledge and she has a lot of authority. So what that means, guys, is that means that every major decision that we make, I don't come home with a brand new car without discussing it with my wife. I don't go and spend frivolously on hobbies without discussing it with my wife. Because my wife is not stupid. She knows how to make wise decisions. And it's not like she's not gonna notice that $800 that you just spent on a brand new set of golf clubs out of your bank account. She's not dumb. And guys, we have got to recognize that we are equal partners in this. And if we want our wives to submit to us, then we got to treat her that way and realize that, man, she has got a brain and that she is smart and she can figure those things out. The second thing that a lot of women think that if I submit, that means that I'm weak. It means that I'm weak, and, and, and I don't think it's, it's saying that at all. In fact, if you're to look at the context of this scripture in here uh, and go back to 1 Peter 2.23, which isn't going to be in your notes, so uh, I'll just turn to it here. It's, it's talking about this whole idea that, um, that the whole scriptures, they weren't ever set up with uh, books and verses. It was one letter with one thought all running together here. And Peter is, is, is saying like, hey, this isn't what it's saying. It's saying in verse 23, it says, he 
And it's talking about Jesus, when he reviled and did not revile in return, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. It's saying, it's saying that Jesus, man, he went through some tough times. He went through, through some difficult things, but he wasn't weak in that. He was strong in that. Listen, Jesus, a lot of times is, is depicted as the roaring uh, lion of Judah, but he was also died on the cross as a submitted lamb of God. And there is strength when we say, you know what, God, I'm gonna trust you in this situation. I'm gonna trust that my husband has the right thing to say here, that he's gonna take us in the right direction because I know he's following you. And that means dying to myself sometimes. That does not mean that we're weak. That means that we are trusting God. And submitting to your husband does not mean that you're weak. It also doesn't mean that you should stay in a physically abusive relationship either. Submission doesn't mean that you should stay in a relationship where he is physically harming you. Now, I know some of you are like, well, you just don't know. He loves me and, and you know, he doesn't really mean to do that. Yeah, well, how long has he been doing it? Let me just tell you something. He is a weak, weak man and he needs help. He needs help. And I'm not telling you to go get a divorce. I believe God can do a lot of restoration, but you do not need to stay in a relationship that is that way. And I will tell you this, as a church, we'll make sure that you are not uh, homeless and that you are not uh, unfed because we wanna make sure that you're in a healthy relationship and that you're not in a place where you're gonna be abused, where you're gonna be hurt, where something like that is gonna happen in your life. And let me just say right now, I know that there's some guy that's probably sitting out there that's, that's getting a little upset. He's getting a little angry because he's got that problem. And right now you just squeezed your wife's leg or you just grabbed her and brought her a little bit closer to you. And, and you said, you better keep it together, woman. And let me just tell you something, man. Listen, if, 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 you, if you can't stop hitting her, you come see me after church and we'll handle it in this ring, Okay. And if you can whip my butt, listen, there are some guys that are barely saved in here that I guarantee would love a crack at you. So, listen, man, that, that just ain't cool. That isn't right. It isn't what we're about. And if you're doing that, you need some help. We would love to help you, man. I don't want to beat you up. I want to help you get through your anger issues. Now, I know that there's some redneck dude that's saying, well, if a woman hits a man, she puts herself in the, women's, in the man's spot. No, you don't, you freaking redneck. You don't do that. <laughs> I know I'm going country on you, but that's just how it is. It's just not cool. Single girls, it does not say, single girls, submit to your boyfriends. And I know so many single girls that their boyfriend is telling them who they can talk to, what they can wear, where they can go, and all of those things. And, and this person is dictating your life and he has no commitment to you. That is not what the Bible is talking about here. Listen, single ladies, it does not mean that you should date somebody that doesn't know Christ and say, oh, I'll just win him with my good behavior. Listen, your bad behavior is not gonna take him to Christ because you're already sleeping with him. That's not gonna win him to Jesus. It might take him to hell. But that's just not reality, man. We need to submit our lives to Christ. And ladies, let me just tell you this. If you will honor and respect your husband, I guarantee this, your husband will always listen to you. Your husband will always listen to you. The reason I always have an open ear for Shayla is because I know she honors and respects me. And I always listen to her because she also submits to my leadership. 
And I know some of you guys are like, well, I'm not sure if my, my husband thinks that I honor and, and, and respect him. Well, why don't you ask him? Why don't you just ask him, what do you think? He'll tell you the truth. Ladies, we've got to submit to Christ and to our husband. Second thing is purity. Purity. Now, talking to women is a little weird uh, about purity. I mean, if I'm talking to guys, it's pretty easy. It's like, don't look at porn. Guys, don't look at porn. Don't look at porn. Let's pray. Why are you down here to pray? I need to stop looking at porn. It's pretty simple with a guy. I mean, it's either, it's either sex or money. It's, every time I, a guy's like, Pastor TJ, can I come talk to you? I know, is it sex or is it money? Because that's what guys struggle with. But, uh, but I know that it's a little bit different with women. And, and you know, we've all heard the story of, of like the immoral woman. You know, a pastor gets on the elevator and, and uh, a woman kind of slips in and she's dressed provocatively. And he's like, hey, what, what floor are you going to? And she's like, hey, what floor are you going to? Let me just tell you something. If some woman did that to me, I would scream like a little girl and pre- pee my pants. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> like that would just freak me out. Like, listen, I, I've been married for 11 years and I've only been hit on, like seriously hit on like five times where somebody has been flirting with me. And l- let me just tell you, only one of those times was by a woman. So I don't know what that's <laughs> saying about the vibe that I'm putting off or what game I have, uh, but... Listen, I don't like to be flirted with because I'm a married man. That means I don't want a guy hitting on me. I don't want a girl hitting on me. I don't want your dog sniffing me. I'm just not into any of that stuff, okay? Just not into it. But, but ladies, I want to talk to you guys specifically about purity because here's the thing that I've, in my research and just studying this week, I, I've just, I just found, you know what? Uh, so many times we think guys are just the ones that struggle with this. But you know what? Women struggle with this just as much as guys do. It's just different. It's just different. In 1 Peter 3, verse 2, he talks about this. It says, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. In other words, what he's saying is when, when your unbelieving husband can be won to Christ by your, by your behavior and by the way that you live your life in a pure manner. By the way that you live your life in a pure manner. And my simple question to you guys today is, is are, your, are you pure in your motives to your husband? Well, teacher, I don't know what that means. It, it's, it's kind of like this. Some of you are manipulators. And uh, what will happen is, is uh, your husband will say you, you can't have something, you can't do something. And what you'll do is you'll cut the tears on, not because you're broken hearted, but because you want him to change his mind and do what you want. And so you manipulate him. And it's evil and it's impure. Then there's some of you that you just yell at your husband. That's what you saw your mom do to your dad. And so you think the way to get your way is I'm going to yell at him and I'm going to tell him what's up. Some of you guys, uh, you, you just lie to your husband. You know, he'll be like, hey, is everything okay? Nothing's wrong. You know, I just feel in my spirit that something's going on. Listen, I'm fine. And let me just tell you something, you're a liar. Because nothing is fine when you're yelling at me at the top of your lungs. Then there's some of you guys that like to play, give them the silent treatment. And let me just tell you something, that was really cool in kindergarten. (laughs) But you're manipulating the situation to get 
what you want. And those are all impure motives. Those are impure motives. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Let's talk about Facebook. Everybody loves to talk about Facebook today, don't they? Man, some of you guys are updating your Facebook account right now. Uh, (laughs) In the last three to four years, um, you know, I've been in ministry a long time now, and and 95% of the time, when a relationship fails, it's usually the guy. The guy messes up, he does something stupid, he's the idiot, he's had an affair. Uh, but in the last three to four years, I've seen a, a huge, huge shift in that to where more and more women are, are starting to have affairs and their husbands and they're starting to have uh, immoral relationships. And, and I think one of the biggest reasons that that is happening is because of social media. I think a lot of times when a woman isn't feeling emotionally connected at home, uh, her husband maybe has been ignoring her or he hasn't noticed that there are needs that she has that haven't been met. What happens is she gets on a computer and an old high school flame or an old college flame is on there and they start chatting and all of a sudden there's this emotional connection that happens. And before long, this woman is ignoring her family and her kids for this unrealistic expectation that's happening through social media. And what's happening is, is I know that there's some of you that are in the middle of this right now and, and it hasn't really gone too far. It's just been some, some conversations, but this is what I found on the internet. We will say things that we would never say to a person in person on the internet because we feel like we're separated. And we'll put ourselves out there more emotionally. We'll put ourselves out there more vulnerable. Vulnerably, we'll expose ourselves in greater light than we would expose ourselves with anybody else because we think that there's a separation there. But before long, we're saying, hey, I know you're only three hours away. Do you want to grab some lunch? Do you want to grab some dinner? Maybe a little something extra? And before long, it ends up destroying your life. And listen, listen, I've seen it played out over and over again. I know you're going to say, well, that's not going to happen to me. I can control myself. Listen, I know how the story goes. It ends bad. That's why Jesus said in in Matthew chapter seven, listen, if you're not building your life on the rock, on his word, your life will end in a great fall. And some of you guys right now, you're set up for a great fall by the interaction you're having, social networking, having some inappropriate conversations with somebody at the office, with somebody at the store. I don't know what's what's happening, but some of you guys need to back off those relationships. Some of y'all need to shut off your Facebook account. And some of you guys need to get on your face and repent before God and say, you know what? I've screwed up. I've messed up. I'm going to back off of this. I didn't figure there'd be a lot of amens right there. We've got to stay pure. Some of you ladies have some unrealistic, romantic expectations from your spouse. And uh, you think um, that your romantic life is going to be like The Bachelor. And uh, you know what I call The Bachelor, and I call it this in my own house, is I call it female porn. Because here's the deal. That dude is not realistic. I know you're like, but he's just so perfect. Listen, if I didn't have a job and I had an entourage of guys telling me what to do and giving me absorbent amounts of money to go and wine and dine you continuously, I would be the greatest guy in the world too. But that's not real life. In fact, if you look at all those relationships, how many of them have lasted? One, Because that's not reality. Listen, if your husband didn't have a job and he had an unlimited amount of money and he had an entourage of women and really smooth guys telling him every word and where to take you, you would think he's the greatest guy in the world. But he's not. There's some of you guys that you're taking romantic advice from Oprah and how many husbands has she had? I know I'm talking about the high priestess here, but you know. Or Rosie, how many husbands? Never mind, Rosie, I don't think she's had any husbands. 
But you get what I'm saying. Ladies, we, you've got to stop getting your ideas of romance from, from unrealistic things in this world. And you've got to start looking to God's word and seeing what it says and how you, can, how you can follow him and how you can have biblical relationships through that. And the Bible says this, that we are supposed to live a pure life. A pure life. So my question is, are you being pure? Are you being pure in your relationships? Whether you're married or whether you're single. Third thing is beauty. Beauty. And I'm just going to guarantee something right now. I'm going to guarantee that this is probably a fact that most women in this room here today do not feel beautiful. Men, I'm just going to give you a secret right now. Most women do not feel beautiful. I think my wife is the most beautiful, gorgeous, hottest, sexiest woman on the, place of, on the face of the earth. And I tell her all the time, sweetheart, you are so fine. You are so beautiful. And she's always like, I'm glad you think so. I would at least like, well, you're hung back or something. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm spitting game. I don't know what the deal is. I, it must be those guys still hitting on me. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But you know, so many times, you know, I'll be telling her that and she's like, I just don't feel beautiful. No matter how much you say or no matter how much you tell me, I just don't feel beautiful. And women, I can tell you why you don't feel beautiful. You don't feel beautiful because you compare, compare yourself to unrealistic standards. You compare yourself to unrealistic standards all of the time. Like I was walking through Barnes and Noble the other day and I was, I was walking in the magazine section. I love looking at magazines and I, I went over to the Better Homes and Gardens and I started looking at this magazine of the Better Homes and Gardens. I was like, man, these houses are ridiculous. I mean, this is the kind of house that I wish I could have. This is the house that I wish that someday I would own. And then I started thinking about it, but it looks like nobody lives in this house. It doesn't look like there's ever been a kid in this house. It doesn't look like they've ever had a party in this house. It doesn't look like they've ever had an animal in this house. You want to know why? Because it's not realistic. And so many women think, man, my house should be like this. But I know this. I came home one day and our dog chewed up our couch because that's reality. Then I walked over and I saw the, the, the cooking magazines and I saw all these baked goods and there's pies and there's, there's all kinds of cupcakes and there's, there was all these chocolate fudge covered things. And, and, and let me just tell you something. There is nobody in this room that has ever made anything as good that was in that magazine. I mean, it has never been that good. It's never looked that good. And let me just give you a secret, ladies. Guys don't care what food looks like as long as it tastes good. Listen, I don't care if it's like a clump of, of dough with some chocolate poured over it and some sprinkles. As long as it tastes good, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> and we think, man, because I don't have the, the four-star meal on the table every day when my husband gets home, I'm, I'm, I'm a failure in this relationship. And then I walked over and, you know, it's all the, the teeny bopper magazines and all the fitness magazines. And of course, all the headlines are like 17 ways you can please your man. Like we need another uh, article on that. Everybody knows what that is. Or you don't. <laughs> don't read from there if you don't, okay? <laughs> I'm so in trouble. <laughs> And I started looking at these pictures and I'm like, these women, 
are perfect. You know, there, there's nothing, everything is perfect on these women. In fact, the, the other day I, I was watching TV and this commercial came on and there was this beautiful woman and she started, she was like, oh, my life has been so much better. And she was talking about all this stuff. And then she says, since my hemorrhoid cream started working. <laughs> Here's a woman and she's beautiful and she's talking about hemorrhoids. You want to know why they put good looking people on magazines and in commercials? Because ugly people don't sell stuff, okay? And you know what's realistic about all those people is that none of them are real. They're all photoshopped. They're all uh, color coordinated. They're all that kind of junk. I don't, I don't know what they are. I'm not an artist. <laughs> Airbrushed. That's what I meant to say. Airbrushed. <laughs> you guys were feeling me, weren't you? You guys got the vibe there. In fact, a couple of months ago, I was driving to the Sawgrass Mills Mall and, uh, and I saw this license plate on this, this little Mercedes convertible and it said H-O-T-S-T-F-F, -F, hot stuff. And uh, I was following this car in and, and I was like, oh man, hot stuff. I wonder what that's all about, you know? And uh, <laughs> just the mind of a guy. Um, <laughs> and so we, I, this car pulled up and I pulled over like, uh, like two lanes back and parked and and I was getting out and I was walking forward with a friend and, and, and this lady was, was walking and uh, she happened to turn around and I'm trying to figure out how to say this in the nicest way. <laughs> there was nothing on this lady that she did not purchase. And I thought to myself, you know what? This lady has all this stuff in life, but you know what the reality is? Is she does not feel beautiful. Even with all that stuff, she still does not feel beautiful. You know, ladies, a lot of times you're comparing yourself to false standards. You're comparing yourself to better homes and gardens and to better cooking and to a lower magazine. And when you do that, it's why you don't feel good about yourself. And I love what the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4. It says, your beauty should come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Let me just stop right there because I know some of you guys are like, oh my gosh, he just read that verse. He's gonna want us to go home and get a denim jumper and churn our own butter and make all of our kids be homeschooled. And it's, it's, it's not what I'm really going for. And what it's saying is that in your pursuit of beauty, a lot of times you'll wear things that you shouldn't wear because you think it'll make you beautiful. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but the clothes that they market to our teenagers today are the same clothes that in the 60s the prostitutes wore. And we wonder why today, when our kids mess up and fall into a bad relationship, how did they end up there? Because they're trying to feel beautiful. They're trying to figure that out. And, and, and I'll be honest, man, I, I look around and I see what some teenagers wear and I'm just blown away 
But you know what? Then I see their parents pick them up and I see their mom pick them up and I'm like, I understand it all. The mom doesn't feel beautiful and therefore she puts that on the daughter that she doesn't feel beautiful and it's this ugly cycle of people just telling each other, man, you've got to do this in order to feel beautiful. And we've bought into the lie that beauty is all this outward stuff. It says instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Listen, beauty comes from the inside. It doesn't mean that fashion isn't important. It doesn't mean that, that wearing makeup isn't important. I want you guys to understand that. It's this idea that we have got to stop comparing ourselves to other standards. We've got to stop comparing ourselves to other standards. Now, there's some of you guys that are out there, some of you ladies, and I want all you ladies to listen up, that have an eating disorder. And you're eating food and you're going and you're throwing it up. And let me just tell you something. That is not God's will for your life. And I'm not, I'm not uh, judging you. I just want you to know that that is not God's best for your life. And you're struggling with it because you're seeing all these pictures of what beauty is perceived to be. And you're trying to keep up with those standards. And there's so many girls that are struggling with that today. And today I want you to be free. I want you to know that you're beautiful just the way you are. There's some of you guys that are out there, you're jumping from immoral relationship to another immoral relationship and you're hoping that, that someday if you have sex with the right person and the right guy, that if, if it's just that perfect person, that all of a sudden you'll feel valued and you'll feel loved and, and instead of feeling valued and loved, you feel more and more worthless and you're in a vicious cycle. And I wanna tell you today, no guy is ever gonna bring you value or worth and nothing that you're doing, I know that you don't like what you're doing. I, don't, I know you don't like that he keeps asking you to do those things and, and, and today I wanna tell you that you can be free from that. You don't have to have all that to have the beauty that God says that's within you. There's a second reason why a lot of women struggle to feel beautiful, and that's because of what's been done to you. Some struggle because of what is the perceived idea of what beauty is out there. And then some of you ladies, you're struggling because of what has happened to you. And I know that there's some of you that, man, that guy left you and, and he, he just walked out and, and you feel like, man, I, I've ended up divorced. And, and man, it's a scarlet letter that no, I can never be loved again. I'm, I'm used goods. And let me just tell you something today. Women, woman, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. And some of you ladies out there, you are raped. And I know that you replay those memories in your mind continuously. It's like living in a hell 24 seven. And you say to yourself and you ask yourself, was it my fault? Did I drink too much that night? Did I, did I do something that, that made this happen? And you keep asking yourself and you keep blaming yourself. And let me tell you something today. It was not your fault. It was not your fault. You don't have to stay imprisoned to that thing. But today you can be free. Some of you, you were molested as a child or as a young woman. I don't know if you know this or not, but one in three girls before the age of 18 will be molested. 
you were sexually abused. And I know that some of you guys walk around with the shame of that, with the pain of that, with the guilt of that, and you think that I can never be beautiful. Some of you have a a pretty uh, racy sexual past. And you feel like I've given myself up so much that I can never be beautiful. And so many times what we do is we allow us to, ourselves to stay in this victim mentality. But here's the deal. In Christ, we are not victims, but we are victorious. And I want to share with you a verse that I believe that today will bring a lot of healing, will bring a lot of hope to your life. And it's this verse in Psalms 45, 10 and 11. And it says, listen, O daughter, consider and give ear, forget your people in your father's house. He's saying, man, stop listening to what everybody else is saying. Stop listening to the world standards. Stop listening to your past. This is what I want you to hear right now here today. It says, the king is enthralled by your beauty. Ladies, today I want you to know that the king of kings and the Lord of lords is enthralled by your beauty. Man, he is overwhelmed by your beauty and he wants you to know how beautiful you are. In Psalms 139, it says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what what God is saying is, man, when I made you, I broke the mold because there was nothing better. There was nothing more beautiful than when I made you. And man, I love you. And when you hurt, I hurt. When you're in pain, I'm in pain because you, I am enthralled by you. Man, I am madly in love with you and I hate it that you're feeling that way. I hate it that you're in that despair. I hate it that you're in that pain. But it's in Christ. We gotta recognize that it's in Christ. It's when we're in a relationship with him that the old is gone. That past that you had is no longer there, but the new has come. God is wanting to do a new thing in your life and he's wanting to take you from being a victim to a victor, from victim to victor. And today we gotta make a choice. Are we gonna stay in the pain of the past? But, but TJ, you don't understand. I've got so much past. You don't have to be a prisoner to it anymore. I believe that today is the day that God wants to set you free, that you don't have to live back there, but you can move forward into the purpose and the destiny that he has for you. Because this is what I know about our God. Our God is madly in love with you and he thinks you're beautiful and he thinks you're wonderful and he wants to set you free from the chains that have bound you for so long. And some of you, For you, that's gonna mean surrendering to Christ today. That's gonna mean, you know what? I've never been in Christ. I've never understood or I've never had that relationship where where this God would come and give his life so that I can have life and have it more abundantly. And he died for me. He died for all that junk of my past. And today you need to surrender to Christ. Then there's a second group of you that you just need to surrender that junk. God has already set you free, but you keep going back to the grave. You just keep going back to that place and God is saying, listen, 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 you don't have to go back there. Those chains are gone, but you keep shackling back up and God today wants to break you free. My question is, is are you ready to be free? Are you ready to be free from the pain and the shame and go from a victim to a victor? Man, and I've been praying so much for this message this week. I've been asking God, man, God, help people to walk in the freedom that you have for them. And I'm gonna ask the the band to come on out here.
and uh, get ready to sing a song, but I want to pray with you guys first. If you guys would bow your heads. God, I just pray right now for every woman here. God, I believe that you want to do something supernatural in people's lives here today. I know that there's a lot of people here that have the pain of the past. They've been a victim for so long, it's hard. It's hard to let go. But God, you didn't stay so we could stay enchained. You came so that we could be set free. And I just pray here today that you would help set people free. And today we're gonna do something a little bit different than we normally do. Normally we're real different, but I really feel like God wants to set some women free here, particularly women. If there's some guys you need to be set free, that's cool too. But I know that there's some women here today, man, that there is a pain in your past that you've been holding on to, and today is the day to let it go. And this is what the Bible says, is it says, if we draw near to God, he will come and meet us. And I'm gonna ask you to take some bold steps today. And there's, there's some ladies up front here. There's some ladies in the back. I'm gonna ask, man, if, if you've been struggling with some pain in the past of, of maybe some, some ways that you've been looking at yourself and saying, man, I've gotta have all this to be beautiful, to be free. Or maybe something has happened to you. Man, let's get rid of that today. It says that if we confess, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All the past is gone. And so as, as Jeremy and the band get ready to sing Healer, I'm gonna pray that, and I'm gonna ask you to step out, get the boldness. Doesn't matter what anybody's doing around you. It doesn't matter who's with you. Man, in fact, if you know somebody that's with you that needs this, tell them, man, I'll walk up there with you. Because I don't want anybody to walk out of here today not finding the freedom that God has for them today. Because there's a time that is set apart and God has set this time apart, I believe, for you today. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity for God to do something supernatural in your life. Take advantage of it and watch God bring freedom like he's never brought to your life.